Hello, hello, hello to my favorite dancing unicorns. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to AG University Podcast, a school from the cosmos, a school designed to connect you with your intuition, your boldest, brightest, most authentic version of you. I am so happy that you're here. And if you're listening to this episode in particular, you are here for a reason. And I'm so excited that I could be your host. It is I, your professor, your lead dancing unicorn at Anna Grace Newell on all major platforms. And at AG University Podcast is now available on Instagram as well. If you would like more a daily dose of the podcast and angel information, I like to sprinkle in special Akashic Records messages as they come through. And if you're new, maybe this is the first episode you're ever catching me. Hi, hello. I'm an intuitive guide, clairvoyant medium, and Akashic Records practitioner. And I bet you're thinking, what the heck are the Akashic Records? It is angel readings. I work specifically with people to connect them with their soul's purpose. So it is a very high vibration vibrational uh, consciousness field of information. It's like our soul's library, God's plan, whatever word lands for you. It's all one and the same. We're all speaking the universal language of love. So come one, come all. Everyone is welcome here. This is a safe space. If you're a beginner and you want to learn or dabble or how to connect with your angels, I am so happy to hold your hand and be your guide. Okay. Today, this is a really fun meeting, I guess, or way of meeting. This is a conversation with Jocelyn Kelly Reed. And I actually heard her uh, maybe a few years ago on another podcast. And I remember being really activated, like in a really good way, um, just around money and wealth. And just, she really lit this fire in me. And I remember her, I, I don't consume as many podcasts anymore. So the fact that I had listened to her, I was like, oh, this is so divine when her PR team reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we would love to connect. And I was like, oh, yes, because I really have been wanting to talk more about the energetics around money. And this conversation is, I really feel like it's going to light, it's going to light a fire under you in the best way possible. So I want to give you guys a little bit of a background on Jocelyn. She is an intuitive business coach and she's really a wealth activator and she shares her gifts on her podcast. Also, it's called Queen the Flow Podcast. I told her, I was like, I could I could talk to her all day long. Like you guys, if you want more of this information around truly how to build wealth the feminine way and to be in flow and to be in alignment with pleasure. And she talks about high frequency money and she really talks about so many different ways of quantum manifesting. And uh, it, we went so many places, but it was also the perfect conversation because it touched on everything, whether it's love, money, relationship. She has a crazy rock bottom story. So I really want you guys to know that no matter where you're at in your life, you can always turn it around. There is always hope and every single one of you deserves to be rich. Okay. We are here to be rich. I love it. So I'm so excited for this conversation. And she also really touches on how important it is for your vessel to be in alignment with whatever it is that you're calling in and health is wealth. And so with that stream of consciousness, I want to just quickly remind you guys that this month I'm so honored that I have a code with Caraway because I've been on a health is wealth journey. You guys know that after getting a recent autoimmune diagnosis, I have cleaned the F up. I have cleaned our house. I have cleaned everything, anything that is a, you know, endocrine disruptor or anything that is toxic that's going inside of my body, it had to go. And the number one thing, if I could just give anybody advice, like start with the things that are going physically in your body. And one thing that really shocked me was I did not know how toxic my pans were. My nonstick, those triple dog dip nonstick pans that are like, you know, great because an egg will slide right off them, yada, 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 full of chemicals, just absolutely cooking my food, chemicals melting into my food. And then I was eating them pissed. I was so pissed when I found that out. I'm like, I'm out here breaking my back, cooking gluten-free, all the things. And then I'm just ingesting a pot full of chemicals. No, ma'am, not on my page, not on my watch. So this is a really, really special partnership that I'm so excited to bring to you guys Caraway. They have completely modernized a, they're the internet famous kitchenware. So also it's beautiful cookware. They have everything that you could possibly imagine, shape, size, Everything they have, Caraway's Home, is it's non-toxic kitchenware. It features a chemical-free ceramic coating, so food can be prepared with peace of mind, and there's no hard-to-pronounce chemicals. Also, it has a 
super slick surface. So you actually don't need to use as much butter, butter and oils. I always tell people, watch out for those oils too. Some of them, you know, those Pam and those other sprays, those aren't really good for us either. We, we really want to eliminate all of that. So um, every single set comes with a complimentary easy access storage unit, which has been awesome as well. And I just want you guys to know this is a really, really good non-toxic switch. Y'all, I'm going to keep sharing these holistic hacks and switches. The ones that I feel are the most, I guess, urgent. Um, so all Caraway products, they are made without any toxic materials. And that is actually a lot harder to find. When I started doing research, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really very prevalent in a lot of kitchenware. And they have over 65,000 five-star reviews. So I got the really cute pink one, of course, and I will be cooking non-toxic meals for my family. So if you're interested, visit carawayhome.com slash Anna Grace to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our AG University podcast listeners. So visit Caraway carawayhome.com slash Anna Grace or use code Anna Grace at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Let's go, you guys. Okay, back to Miss Jocelyn Kelly Reed. She is a queen. We stayed on the phone or the Zoom, whatever this is. We stayed on talking for almost an extra hour. I did not want to let her go because I just feel she's a wellspring of knowledge. And I feel that you guys are just going to feel like you can run through a wall after this conversation. And I'm feeling really inspired when it comes to calling in more money. So without further ado, let's welcome Miss Jocelyn Kelly Reed to the show. Yay. Jocelyn, welcome to the show. I am so excited. I was just telling you how everybody just absolutely loses their mind. They want to know about money. We need to know about money. And you're the perfect person. So welcome to AG University. Thank you so much for having me. Money is my favorite topic. I could literally talk about it all day, all night. So it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, I, well, first of all, I want everyone to hear your money story because as you know, it is it is our powerful, it's how you came into your purpose. And it, money, being a wealth activator truly is your purpose. So if you want to give us the long version, the short version, whatever, take us on a journey, tell us your money story. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's definitely relevant. We have a phoenix rising from the ashes Always. story. Um, but it's actually very interesting because of where it started. And I think that people assume that if you have a money journey or money was, you know, that they assume that the way that you would not have challenge in your life with money was to grow up with money, right? Because mm -hmm. everybody tells you, oh, well, all that matters is basically like the programming that you receive from your family, right? Mm -hmm. So if you grew up rich, you're going to stay rich, da, da 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 And I think that that's actually very interesting because I did grow up well off, although my dad was the rags to riches story. So, and there is a lot of like just in my family lineage, just, you know, a lot of addiction and very difficult money journeys. And, you know, like he's the one who broke the chain, mm -hmm. you know? So I've also always been very exposed to what is outside of the way that I grew up um, for the majority of my life. And, but it's interesting because you're told that like, that's enough. Yet I've also met so many and know so many like trust fund babies, like people who kind of like grew up with that experience who quote unquote never get their life together, <laughs> but they perhaps have the benefit of a family who's financing it. Do you know what I mean? But it's really yes. interesting because I don't actually think that the way that you grow up is enough to set you up to be someone who builds wealth in this lifetime without being someone who's just living off someone else's money. Like so many of the most powerful, potent stories I know, and I'm going to go to mine too, but I just think it's interesting for people to like, just don't feel disadvantaged because of how you grew up because it doesn't always mean anything. No. Like some of the people that I know who've created the most had absolutely nothing. And I think there's a reason for that that I'll talk about later. But anyhow, I did grow up well. Um, like money was not a problem in my household. By the time I was like, you know what I mean? Probably like four and up. Um, and I went to great schools, like all the different things. I had that life and was doing the things where it's like, you do what you're supposed to do. I went to Ivy League school. I worked in finance. Like I did all the things that like on paper would tell you that you are headed on the right track. You are headed for success. I was in the relationship. I was traveling. I was just like living life. And it's really interesting because at the time I was not spiritual. I wasn't awake. I did no personal development. Literally all I did was go to work, travel, party with my friends, hang out with my boyfriend. 
Like it was very basic bee living, you know, like that's what was going on. And I was having fun, but it was honestly all of a sudden I, and it's not all of a sudden, it's because I turned 29, which was the start of my Saturn return. And I, all of a sudden, I didn't want the job anymore. I remember looking around and I was like, what am I going to be like a well-paid middle manager? This is not how I want to live my life, like from a cubicle. Even though I was working for the largest asset management firm in the world, I was there for seven years. I have so much appreciation. I've, I learned so much about the 3D of money by working in finance, right? And that's actually really important for our growth. But still, regardless of that, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be with the boyfriend. I did not want to be in San Francisco. And I was, I was like at that point, like dating someone else and I was in LA a lot and I felt like I was just pulled to move to LA, but I didn't know why, you know what I mean? I just left everything and I had money because I'd been working in finance and I left everything and my life from the, pretty much from the point of time that I arrived there through the entire five years that I was there. I mean, I unraveled at the seams in every which way possible. And it was like all of my trauma surfaced because I didn't realize that I hadn't built myself. I hadn't built my human. I didn't actually know myself, but I didn't know I didn't know myself because I had just been caught up in like academics and getting a good job and yada, yada, yada. So then when you took away the boyfriend and now I had no career. I had no purpose. I had no, do you know what I mean? I was in a new city, although I did have friends. And then I karmically got involved with someone else when I was there and whatever it was, I do believe there's those relationships that come into your life that like wildly alter the course of your life that are not meant to be forever. Mm -hmm. And he was definitely one of those, but I basically became emotionally addicted in that relationship the way that someone else honestly would be addicted to drugs. Like I was like addicted to him. And then it was a very up, down, in, out, all over the place dynamic for five years. And inside that connection, I don't know why, but like my psychic gifts started to get activated that I didn't know that I had, that I didn't know that I was looking for. So then I started having this really intense spiritual awakening when I wasn't spiritual. So I was like having dreams of white light, I was having premonition dreams about him, like when he would leave, when he would come back, him dating someone else, like down to, I had the last dream I had about him from that time was like, he had a gold ring on his finger with a woman that he started dating, like towards the end of our thing. And they did get married, but this was like years and years before. Wow. And I, one of my, and like I, typical LA, I was like, oh, I should see a psychic to figure out what's going to happen. Bad move. I then basically became addicted to psychics and started burning. So I didn't have a job, remember? So I was like burning through all my money. Then I became addicted to psychics, emotionally addicted to him. And I burned through every single, oh, and I didn't have like a high paying job anymore. You know what I mean? And like, so I burned through every single dollar and then some, and then was in a position for a while where literally I was working like, cause I just wanted to switch industries into the interior design world. I had like three part-time jobs paying like $15 an hour. Do you know what I mean? Like we were like sustaining on fumes. And so I financially destroyed myself. I created near $100,000 in tax debt. I had never seen a dollar debt in my life. Mm. Not a dollar. I paid every bill on time. I maxed out my 401k. I paid off my credit card every month in full. All of that way of being literally just went out the door. It was like I became a different person inside of this relationship dynamic. And I'm not outsourcing that to the relationship. I'm saying that it was a portal for me to be brought to the floor, honestly, so that I could find myself because I didn't even, I would not have identified as codependent previously. Like I had no idea, but I was like so hooked into him. And then, and clearly like nearly at all costs. And so what finally got me to, wake. I mean, I had like level 10 anxiety. I wasn't sleeping. It was just across the board, right? Mm. Not life, not working. And then it it ended in a health crisis where I, and also I think too, why I, I unraveled additionally was the level of psychic activation. So like I was hearing voices too. I was not schizophrenic, but I would wake up and like hear guidance. I don't know why they didn't tell me to stop dating him. 
it would be like guidance around like, oh yeah, like you're, cause I remember I was, once I, I was switching into a better paying one job and not three and I thought I wanted one and they're like, it's not this one, you're getting another one. It would be things like that and it was true. Or I would hear things that were really far away, like leaves rustling, like not at my apartment. Do you know what I mean? It was obvious to me. It was really, I was hearing things I should not be able to hear and like dreaming about spirits. Like it was, I felt like I was going crazy. So it was like, I was getting, I was not talking to the right people about the situation and I really needed to address like my own trauma and my lineage trauma that I was like playing out financially, even though this had not been the, no one in my family has financially destroyed themselves other than me in my immediate family. Like I was playing out ancestral, do you know what I mean? Patterns, all sorts of things that did not get, this was not how my parents were interacting with money, not even close. So, but then it ended in a health crisis. I started, I had a period that never went away. I was bleeding for months. I finally went to the doctor and I had fibroids and they were so big. They were like, you're going to have to have open surgery. Like it was way past any type of like, I had 37. Wow. One of them was the size of a grapefruit. Like not good. I let oh it go gosh. that far. So they're trying to get me to stop bleeding for months to have the surgery. And in that time, I could not work. I also got fired from several jobs while I was there. I mean, everything was just, you know what I mean? On the floor. I couldn't work. I was on the sofa. The silver lining in that was that I got to upgrade my insurance, which you're only allowed to do with a major life event and losing your, quitting your job or losing your job is one of them. And so thank God, because my hospital bill was a hundred thousand dollars of which I only had to pay like two grand or other, cause I didn't have like the, a PPO. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have the highest level of care. So anyways, that was a silver lining. But regardless, I created the $100,000 in debt because I basically liquidated my 401k and spent all the money. Don't ever do that, guys. Um, and didn't put enough side for taxes, even though I knew to, just doing stupid stuff. But anyways, while I was on the sofa, couldn't walk. I mean, I would get dizzy just walking across the room. Like, mm. I really was not functional. And I don't know how, I don't remember where, but Louise Hay came into my life. And... I started listening to her because you know how she had naturally healed herself from cancer. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't have cancer and even though I was still going to have to have surgery, there was just, it was something about her that helped me realize that I was basically responsible for and creating my life. And even though it was so low at that point in terms of my finances, my health, my romantic life, just everywhere, it was low. And I wasn't actually happy in LA, but I didn't have money to leave. Like it was just, you know, <laughs> so I know. I got there. Here we are in New York today. Everything's fine. But I was responsible for my life. And then I looked up the spiritual reason for fibroids and it was romantic shame. I was like, okay, perfect. This makes sense. And I was like, well, if I created all of this, then I can create out of this, you know, instead of feeling like, because I think that I always felt like while I was in that experience, like I remember like praying because I knew how I was leading my life wasn't working, but I didn't know how to stop or what to do. I was just like, pray to God to let it end. I felt like a drug addict. Like I would pray to God to let it, thank God I wasn't, but like I'd pray to God to let it end. And then the, I didn't know what else to do. Like I had no understanding of trauma of anything. This was like, like I said, I was basic be living, you know? Um, so then I just started listening to Louise Hay literally around the clock. And I was like, oh my God, there is more available. And yeah, and then I, to like speed up from there, that was a very low point. But then I was like, after that, I'm like, well, I want to live in New York. I knew I wanted to live in New York. I'd taken a work trip here. Like, you know, when you just know when you're sure. And I was like, well, how is that going to happen? And then I wound up manifesting the money to move to New York. And by the grace of God, got myself into an apartment situation because I'd also destroyed my credit. So as you know, when you move, that becomes an issue, but it divine intervention from the universe. And I got a better job. Um, still like paycheck to paycheck, but like way better than what was going on. And like, I was past kind of like my psychic addiction drama. So that obviously helped. And then I just started actually doing the work. Do you know what I mean? I actually learned about trauma and all these things. And then I wanted to, I just, I just felt it in my bones. Like I really 
I knew that I was here. I knew I was meant to be an entrepreneur. And I sat on the sofa before the first day of, no, before I accepted my last full-time job. And I was like, this is the last job that I'm ever going to have. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that was it. And I was there for maybe almost two years. And then in my journey of honestly like healing myself, I found my purpose, you know? And and it's funny because my Chiron is on my Venus. So I was always going to learn the lessons through love and money and have the greatest transformations there as well. But it's really interesting because I say that, and I actually did start to look at my money shit. Like I was like, what is happening here? But I say that like money has been, and you know, now I'm a wealth activator, a business coach, like all the different things. And it's funny because like in a way people view money as frivolous and I'm like, my healing and expanding my relationship to money has changed my entire life because in order to be a match to receiving a lot of money, getting paid to be yourself, which is what I do, you have to come with a very high, clean frequency and for people to be drawn to you, for the work to channel through you, to lead yourself through everything that's required to grow and scale a company. And, and it's like the work around money has changed my life. And then I went from someone who was $100,000 in debt to having $100,000 cash months my third year in business. Mm. And my relationship to money has been and still is very much in focus. Like money is not a frivolous topic for me. Wow. That is an epic story. (laughs) (laughs) Now it sounds kind of comical. It was not going through it, but the look back is good. (laughs) The look back is so good. I know. It's like you, especially I was like thinking that all the time. I'm like the fibroids in the womb space, like our womb space, ladies, like let's not pretend that one doesn't exist. Like, of course, that's the first place it showed up. Of course. Like, oh man, there is so much symbolism. And and I I was exactly like you. I, I had no spiritual knowledge until I had my health crisis. And then I was like, oh my God. Wow, I really did this. I did myself bad. I did real bad to myself. But um, I'm so happy that you're here. And now that you have stepped into this wealth activator role. But for people that are listening right now, that they're still in it. They're in the thick of it. What were some of your first steps? Where, where do we even begin, right? Going from 100K in debt to 100K months. Like, give us some kind of molecular movements. Yeah, I honestly think, and it's funny because it's like the foundational lessons are the big lessons as well. And I really believe like step one on our money journey and in life period is we have to take self-responsibility. And this is what I wasn't doing for five years. It was like, why is this happening to me? I was in victim frequency without realizing I was in victim frequency. So I wasn't necessarily trying to make someone else the problem in terms of like, oh my God, my dad's lineage, I'm playing this out. But I felt victim to what I'd been exposed to, what I'd been experiencing, and that I was now playing out. It's almost sort of like feeling victim to our past or victim to our family story or victim to these events. Like, oh, if this hadn't happened you know, I wouldn't have been this way. If my parents had had a stronger education around money, then I wouldn't be this way, right? And it's like, we'll play victim to it. And when in reality, I'm actually so grateful for everything that I went through because it built me into who I am today. And if my story had just been like, you know, went to school, got married, had a great job, like what would I be helping people with? I would have no foundation um, from which to help them from. So I think it's about understanding that what happened in our lives is relevant. And we want to look at that, right? And we want to bring awareness to that. We want to bring language to that and understand how it's showing up for us today. I believe past lifetimes, I've had past lifetime visions relevant. I believe lineage is like wildly relevant, right? And these are areas we desire to explore. And I I have work in my world where we do. But then it's also about, it's like next to that is like, we have to take radical self-responsibility for the state of our life. Like, No one is going to create it but us. No one got us in this situation but us. We might all start at different places, right? But like we are out of our parents' home. We are moving and grooving through the world. People have created the extraordinary from all different starting points, right? Like it doesn't matter where you started. Where you are right now is by choice, whether you consciously realize it or not, right? 
So then when we take self-responsibility, that increases our levels of self-awareness of how we're moving through the world and how we're interacting with money. So I had no relationship to money. Money could not hang out with me for more than one minute, right? Just long enough for me to spend it. And not in a place that was, you know, when I started spending money on my development, well, things started to change, not in productive places, right? So you have to look at, well, like, where are you outsourcing your power, right? Because just like we outsource our, our power to our past, to our lineage, et cetera, we do it in everyday life in these ways that we don't even realize a lot of the time that we were conditioned to do. I mean, I don't think you have a woman listening to this show who doesn't feel a little like, uh, in her chest about using her voice. How many times have we agreed to do things we don't actually want to do? How many times do we go along to get along? Are you still entertaining? Are you still like dating that guy, hoping he's going to change this, that, and the other, and you don't actually have standards for yourself in your love life where you would be with the person that you desire to be with today and take no less? Like, it's also funny because when I first started my business, and I was dating, I would notice that whenever I stopped dating people who were not, whereas now I won't date someone who's not good for me. But you know what I mean? Before I would, without realizing, I was definitely still like working on that. And as soon as I would stop, I'd start making more money. Mm. And I, that's when I started to realize, and I would see it with my clients too. Like even sometimes when, let's say they would have like a run-in with an ex or like some guy who ghosted them and, and, and didn't know why or whatever – and, and they actually just like – I'm like, you're allowed to say that it was like disrespectful to ghost you and that like it's not about, oh, you want him so badly. It's just like just not how you treat people, right? And, and like not everybody needs to do that. We don't need to go back to every person who's ever ghosted us. But when they would use their voice with the masculine – and I always talk about – it's funny. I speak about like we're, we have the feminine energy and money as a masculine – and I speak about it because of the way that it feels to have money, right? So when you're with a very stable masculine presence, it feels safe, it feels supportive, it feels secure, right? That's what, as women, we are always going to desire that feeling, right? That's what allows us like that feminine exhale that we can sink into. Money is part of what gives you that. So you have to look at the ways you interact with the masculine. So that includes men in your life mm. or people who represent the masculine in your life, right? Such as authority figures, such as bosses, such as your mentors, such as, do you know what I mean? And we, and when I've seen when people do that, I've seen them leave mentorship spaces that were not aligned, relationships that are not aligned, even in relationships that are aligned, start using their voice in new ways. For example, like I definitely have women where they're like hiding the money they spend from their husband or, do you know what I mean? All these different dynamics were actually very fearful of the masculine in certain ways where we might not consciously say that, but the way that we act would showcase that we are, but then that's the energy that we want to receive, right? And this is where love and money are quite similar. So it's like, look at where you're outsourcing your power or not showing up in full power with your full voice, with your full truth, because that's not actually congruent to being a woman who naturally commands a lot in the world. And if you command a lot in the world, well, you're also going to command money, right? Money and power, I will always say, Money and power, money is drawn to power like a moth to a flame. And that's why on the world stage, you'll see it drawn to people who maybe aren't doing the best things. That doesn't matter it, because money is neutral. Money is like, not, money is not, not, does not care how conscious you are, right? For better or worse, it's more about like your person, the levels of personal power you have. I mean, we don't have to look far to see how money and power go together. What I think is so cool is that if you get to like raise your own levels of power in being a person who does care about the planet, who does care about the other people, uh, other people living how you want to live, like money's going to be drawn to that too. But then you have to stop outsourcing your power. Wow. And not play victim to your life. Yes. That is so, I've never thought about money being a masculine energy in the way that you just depicted that because that was brilliant because I have always kind of known that love and money are energetically tied. And it's like, I understand the vibe because a lot of it too goes back to like being in our worth, you know, being in your power, self-worth, all of that is connected with love and money. But I honestly, like if someone were to ask me to break it down, I don't know if I could articulate like why a relationship and money. And usually if you're in a healthy relationship, you're more likely to be in a healthy relationship with money. You know, there is such a alignment there. So I guess, could you go in a little bit more about just love and money, like the energetics, like formula? 
Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's essentially, well, what aspect of it? What do you mean? Just make I sure guess, I speak into the right thing. Yeah. Like, I guess if somebody's looking for relationship right now and they also find themselves maybe not fulfilled in their career or, you know, looking for money, it's like, in what ways, like, what frequency are they acting out of? Standards. Standards. <laughs> you know, it's usually that, like, when we tend to, well, it's interesting because when we have standards, we have standards, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people, because what I usually see in the love and money department is most people are stronger in one than they are in the other. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's both. But usually there's an area of the thousands of women that I've mentored now, there's an area that's a little bit stronger than the other. And I'm like, okay, well, what standards do you have in that space? What have you normalized in that space that you haven't normalized in the other space? Well, I think like, and and you can tell me if this answers your question, but it's like, so for example, I do believe that everybody, for example, has a certain amount in their bank account where it's like, we're just not going to go below there. Do you know what I mean? And for mm-hmm. someone that might be there, like I, I was in the negative quite often at that point, whereas now that number is like skyrocketed, but what like my baseline number would be. You know what I mean? And it's not like I go through like, oh, I will not spend below that. It's just like I am a match to having certain amounts of money. So even if I flow money to an investment or something like that, it always just comes back really quickly, right? As I align to higher numbers. So we all have these baselines. We have these baselines and and what we're willing to to put up with in love as well. And I just believe that on as as humans, like love and what are what are the things that like make us go round health, wealth, and love. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you got all those on lock, you you're fucking living, mm-hmm. right? There isn't really anything else. Like that's what makes us happy is health, wealth, and love. And like, there's different, like health can be physical health. It can be mental health and be spiritual health and be emotional health, right? There's different textures in all the categories, but like, that's actually it. Right. And so I actually think they're all intertwined because think about all these really like, for example, high performing CEOs and they all have their like hardcore morning routine, all these things to keep their body and brain really optimal. I don't think that's coincidence, right? The bigger I've wanted to grow my business, the higher my standards for my health have needed to become, right? For that clarity. But before that, it was like the love space. So I actually think they're all intertwined and it's because of the way that those three areas just like create our, the, the quality of our human existence. And so what is going to set the tone for that? Well, it's going to be the standards that you have in each of these spaces. Right. And so it's kind of like when you raise the standard in one area, the others kind of like start to, to go up too, right? Who has like phenomenal standards for their love life, but you have no money at all. Like that doesn't really, I'm sure we could find an exception to the rule and I could, could look at that and figure that out. But do you get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I do understand there's some people who are just like really solid on the health department and it's fine. It's like, look at the place that you're solid, but what level of standard are you carrying, right? That level, let's say for, for you, it's health. All right, cool. Well, if you're, if you working out five days a week just is what it is. If you eating certain ways these days, like, you know, most of the time it just is what it is. But then with money, it's like, oh, you're fine if you have $10,000 or $0 or you know, you're fine to just loan money to someone when you don't feel comfortable at all or to like spend, you know, let's say, I don't know, splitting a bill at a restaurant and like all of a sudden you're paying for way more than you should be. And I don't mean that general, like, you know, how like if you go to dinner with a bunch of people, you're like, whatever, I'm just gonna be paying a lot of money. This is how it works. But you know, when people start to get themselves in situations where they're kind of like financially being taken advantage of, and it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, whatever, we're at a big dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like people get in situations like that, paying for things they don't want to pay for. Like how many apps are you paying for that you don't even use, right? Like will not treat money with any level of respect. Do you know, do you actually look at your money? Do you know what's in your bank account? Do you wait for it to go into the negative for you to pay attention? But you have no intimacy with money, but you want money to have intimacy with you. Well, with your health, you're not waiting until you haven't worked out for four weeks to go to Pilates. So it's the same when you, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, you have to bring the higher level standard and people don't because money is a very triggering topic and money has been, I think, intentionally built by society and the larger powers that be to be a very like secretive topic as well. And so there's a lot of fear around money that's programmed in around money. Um, And so sometimes people have a harder time 
kind of like increasing that intimacy with it. You also have to like get in rooms where people are even talking about money, which is so rare, right? But it's to me, it's it really comes down to standards. It really comes down to standards. And like, do you actually have standards around how many works for you? And if that's true, then map your behavior with money for a month and tell me that every single way you're moving with money is congruent with where you say that you want to go in your life. So for example, let's say we're like, okay, I want to start a company, but you're fearful to invest in mentorship, but you just bought a Chanel bag for $10,000. This makes no sense. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, and again, to me, that's an out. So do I have nice things? Yes. Was I prioritizing the Chanel bags? Well, I was just trying to get myself in a position to pay for mentorship and do these other things. No. Right now, a lot of the quote unquote access I have in my life comes from overflow because I can pay for all the other things as well. But it's like, we're so busy trying to like outrun our lack of standard, our lack of congruency with what we say, you know, that match between who we're being, where we, where we say we want to go with like band-aiding, which a lot of times we do through money, that like we don't actually get anywhere, but we don't pay attention that, to, to that because we don't realize that's what we're doing because norm, um, short-term money frequencies are so normalized, mm-hmm. right? So I think about, to help you guys understand that, like I think about, well, I always talk about wealth building, right? So to me, I'm like, for example, wealth building is not just you make money in a business. It's what you do with that money. You put that money to work to compound for you outside of your business to set you up for a lifetime, right? Most people never get there because they plan a short-term frequency of money. So as soon as they have any money, they go do something. Like how everybody's been like programmed to immediately go buy a house. Why? Because the banks make shit tons of money off all of us when we do that. That's not bad, right? I personally believe in buying a house from overflow. Like, okay, I already got my wealth building assets. I'm doing all this stuff. I can pay for this just because if you have a house, don't feel bad about it. But I'm saying like you have to start thinking bigger than just having a house. If you're someone who wants to build wealth because you live in the house, the house isn't making you any money. When you sell the house, you then go buy another house. The house isn't making you any money. Most of the time you lose money after all the money you put in the house, right? This isn't a wealth building asset. It's something that you own, but it's not generating you any money. Um, After all is said and done, and that's fine. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's still like sometimes people don't, I think the way even we think about wealth, I call it middle-class money program is so short term. It's like, oh, you're just supposed to like buy a house and buy two cars and then you're good. But actually truly wealthy people, that's not what they're doing, right? They have all of these assets. They have diversified income coming from all these other places. They're taking the money they make to make more money. The house that they own is like not even a fraction of their net worth practically. Like they can pay for it just because, right? And it's like, but it's a very long-term frequency. It's a very mature frequency. It it requires you to move lots of money into things where you don't get an emotion. You don't get any emotional gratification right away. Like if I move money into an investment and that investment doesn't start paying out for a year and then I'm going to put that money to work to make me more money, there's no emotional gratification. When you go buy a house, when you go buy a Chanel bag, right, when you do these short-term things with money, you get an immediate like reward, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that and we're programmed that way because it's it's good for the economy. (laughs) This doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for us. So you're just taught to like – Spend, 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 not even necessarily ways that support your growth. And I'm like a high luxury person. So don't get me wrong. I'm definitely flowing money, but I'm also built up in all these other areas. And I think that like, I know I went in a few different directions, but I think we've spent so much time trying to cover up like the work, internal work we need to do with money because it can usually get us something that feels emotionally gratifying for today. And then we go do it again tomorrow and do it again and do it again And then nothing's ever really changing, right? And so to me, that's still having low standards with money because you're basically like abusing your money to get yourself high to feel better. But you don't realize that's what you're doing. And it's so true. It's it is yes, absolutely. And you're right. It's like, of course, we've been programmed to have all this instant gratification around money, buy the house, buy the cars, because it's good for other people. It's maybe not what's best for us, but then we also just look around and we're like, oh, that's what everyone else is doing. So I guess I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to do it in this cycle. Sorry to interrupt. And this cycle continues. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess for anyone listening, you said one thing that really stuck with me and I think a lot of people can resonate, which is like, okay, I've got this baseline amount in my account. It's comfy there. Like this is my baseline. I don't go below it. But 
after listening to this podcast, they're like, wait, I actually want to raise my baseline of the, of the amount of money in my account. I want to raise that baseline. How would we, what, what would the advice that you would give them? We go about doing it. Yeah. So for a little bit of context, the four frequencies in which I teach about money are receiving, holding, growing, and flowing. If we think about all the ways that we interact with money, that's the way money likes to move, right? We receive money. You, you, well, obviously we need to be able to receive money to have it. We have to be able to hold money, right? To be people who have a lot of it around us. You need to be someone who's able to make moves to grow your money. And this is all if we actually want to build wealth, right? To grow your money. Um, and then you're someone who's able to flow money because you got to flow it to grow it, right? And so all, those are the four frequencies that like in my world, we're always, you know, working on, et cetera, et cetera. And so a lot of times I think for most people where, well, everybody, I shouldn't even say most. I see people most traditionally, quote unquote, stuck around receiving it, holding on to it, or flowing it. And so receiving it is like they just don't feel – it's like they don't feel – I don't want to say like – I'm not someone who necessarily teaches like the tie between self-worth and money, but I think that they make money more complicated than it is. So first, I think it's unwinding stories where it's like let money be neutral. Like – you don't open your fridge and expect, it's just a resource, right? We've just in this present era of the world, it's money instead of goats, instead of whatever else. You know what I mean? It's just a resource. It's not personal, right? And so I think we get to neutralize our relationship to money by viewing it as a resource. Like we breathe air. You're not like, oh my gosh, is there going to be another breath? Is water going to come out of the faucet? Is there going to be food when I open the fridge? Like it's not that deep, Right. And money's not that deep either. We just make it deep. So it's like we, when I, all the other things I was speaking about where it's like, hey, but look at your life and the standards you have and the ways you interact with money, it becomes a lot easier to receive money, right? And there's other layers to it. Like I, like I have a mastermind feminine magic and money where we do like the, the deeper quantum healing. And I know you believe in all these things too, mm -hmm. right? I, but I'm saying like step one, if we're just going to address life, like before that kind of like other levels of work, it's like if you clean all that up, you're going to be with a higher, it's the higher frequency with your money because you're being in a higher frequency in your life. So it's going to be easier for money to come into you because your energetic field is clear, right? So if I think of us as like a cup and there's gunk in the cup and the gunk in the cup is like, the guy you date who keeps ghosting you and keeps coming in and out, you staying in the job that like has the toxic boss that is just not a vibe for you, right? You entertaining like low grade conversations that aren't actually the type of conversations you want to be having for where you're going. You, I don't know, eating pizza at midnight when you said like, hey, today, you know, I actually am going to prioritize my body. You don't have energetic space to receive more because the universe doesn't work like that. The universe responds to us, right? And so- you're saying, I want this, but then every way you lead your life isn't congruent with being a woman who would have it. Or not every way, some ways, right? When you clean that up, the frequency between what you and you want, more money in the bank, starts to get, I'm like, oh, they're like, okay, now she's actually moving with like someone who would have 20 grand in the bank instead of someone who has five. She's mm -hmm. moving with a higher level standard, right? Because you just make new decisions. You make new choices. You say goodbye to things. You say yes to things that puts you in a higher state of being that make you a match to receiving more money because you're showing up like someone who has more money. Sort of like in business, I'm like, okay, you when you meet a successful entrepreneur, are you surprised by the way that they are? No. Right? The way they carry themselves. Like right. when people walk in the room and you just know they're successful. It's like very – you can look at someone's Instagram page and know that they're successful without knowing how much money they make. Why? Frequency. Right. And so it's all the things going on behind the scenes for them, not just that like they bought the fancy car, whatever. Because you can also tell when people's money frequency is a little weird, even when they have the fancy car, right? Like that's not enough. And so to understand the frequency thing, like I always say, when I say money's neutral, when you hear people in the spiritual world say money's a frequency, I'm like, hey, everything has a frequency. So it feels different to wear cashmere than it does to wear scratchy wool. It's just a frequency difference. To stay in a five-star hotel versus a three-star hotel, the experience is a frequency difference. To be with the love of your life versus your toxic ex from four years ago, they feel real different, right? Frequency difference. 
And so when you gradually raise the frequency of everything in your life by raising the standards for it, it's going to be much easier to be to be at a power level that would make you a match to having more money. And we're creating high frequency money, right? So we're going to be people, I'm not saying to be like, you could be a corrupt drug lord and make a lot of money, but (laughs) it's going to be, you're going to be working a lot harder. You're going to be evading the government. You're going to be potentially going to prison. People are going to be dying, right? Like, Like you can make money that's low frequency, but it's hard. You got to put in a lot of like, and it comes at a huge cost where I'm like, or you can make high frequency money that feels a lot lighter and is much easier. <laughs> you know? I, I love that terminology of low frequency money versus high frequency money. I've never heard that, but I often do think about people that I'm like, they're literally a terrible person. Why are they a billionaire? <laughs> you know, but it's like, because it doesn't matter because they think they should be because they don't view money as a big deal. And the way that they're showing up in their companies and running their life is just on the standard of receiving that. But a lot of times it's low frequency. So look at all the drama that comes with some of those people. Mm-hmm. Right. Or- That's what I'm saying. I'm like, let's sure have their work ethic or whatever, but like, let's skip the drama by being higher frequency humans by cleaning up our side of the street. Yeah. So you're kind of saying you know? there's there's always like a little, there's always a little con that comes with it when it's like low frequency money, even if they are the billionaire, you know, there's the trouble, the drama, there's the, always there's always something. There's always something. Yeah. And yeah. they also get projected onto a lot too. I'm not saying all billionaires are created equal, right? but you know, you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. We see a lot of like low frequency money on the world stage. Yes. And I, I'm obsessed with that terminology. I think that's fantastic. I haven't heard it. And yeah, low frequency versus high frequency, because I can think of so many examples. So many examples. And all these people are like dying so young and all of this, like it comes at a cost. Yeah. Woof. Yes. Terrible. Their relationships, their, like, you know, it's not like money only makes you happy when you've done it in a high frequency way is really my genuine standpoint on that. Yes. I actually have a question. I would love to get your thoughts on, I, there are some people that teach how money is a magnifier, like if whatever who you already are. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I think that it's true. I always say the more money I make, the more me I feel. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's the truth. It is the truth. And it's because you can just do, imagine it's like, I'm like, why do I care about making more money? I'm like, I want to be someone, of course, the impact that it has. Of course, like I trailblaze ahead. My clients see what's possible for them, et cetera, et cetera. I, you can only take people as far as you've taken yourself. But also on a personal level, it's like I want to experience a life without limits. What does life look like when you don't need to say no to things? Because do you know how much time we spend orienting around money, mm-hmm. what you can't have yet? No, not now. No, not this. Option C instead of option A. Economy versus first class. This hotel instead of that hotel. So many decisions we make in a day are based on how much money we have. Mm, So true. So many. I don't want to spend my – like I don't want my energy to go towards making decisions because of money. I just want what I want. Like what does it look like to have a life where you just get to have what you want at the quality level that you want it when you want it? Instead of needing to spend, like, I always talk about, like, we get to become the people who lead money. Like, you want to be a woman who leads money. I share about this as, as well as those four levels. I have, like, a program overflow that is about becoming a woman who builds wealth instead of someone who's just, like, making money and all you ever do in your life is buy a house, which is an accomplishment, but you get my point from our mm-hmm. earlier conversation. And it's like, I say, like, we want to be the ones to lead money. So we're not leading money when we're always having to, like – yes to this, no to that. Okay. I can have that. I can't have that yet. I can have that one year. Now I can't have it now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we're, it's like money's the puppet master is how I think about it energetically because we're spending all this time in life living a reaction response to money. So I want to be someone where that's not my experience. And so the more money I make, the less of my experience that is, the freer I feel, the more relaxed I am, the more well-serviced my life is, the more we get to support causes, people, whoever that we care about. It's better for our families. Like nobody's losing. You know, I teach other people how to make more. So for me, it's like, yes, I feel more me because I'm not having to, 
there's not like, first of all, when do you know how much, how you show up in life when you don't have money on your mind all the time, which you're going to have money on your mind all the time when you don't have enough, it's impossible not to. I've been there. But then what you contribute to the world when money's not on your mind all the time is unbelievable. You have time mm-hmm. for much higher level conversations with yourself, right? A- around your contribution to the world when you're not worried about the quote unquote basics. So it's like, imagine who look at the things that, you know, you know, peep, there are like, for example, celebrities have enormous amount of money. Look at what the positive that so many of them do and create because they can, they're not sitting around deciding over buying like, do you know what I mean? This or that you get to do bigger things in the world oh. and create bigger things in the world and help more people. So yeah, I do think more of you comes out and that can also be in a negative way too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know, cause you see people like leverage their money to manipulate people and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But you think they weren't manipulative before? Like, it's not like every person without money has the highest level of consciousness. Like this isn't how it works. Right. There, there's money some does not dictate your consciousness level. That is not, a, that's not a thing. Which I like how you said that. You're like, money doesn't care if you're conscious or unconscious. It's just, it really doesn't, you know, putting it into that- your personal power. Yeah. And that's to sustain it because we also see people not be able to hold on to it. Right. So I was saying some people have a hard time holding money. Right. Or you see like someone wins the lottery. Okay, cool. And it's gone in a year. Right. Or these celebrities like the the one the it's like a what is it called? One hit wonders in the world where they make money one time. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's very different to be able to make money than to, to hold it and sustain it. Right. Absolutely. And so that's why I say we want to work on all of them, not just receiving money, because if you don't work on your frequency around holding it and sustaining it so you can grow it and, and be able to someone who has the money to flow money to make you more money, da, 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 you're always going to be stuck in trying to receive more money. And that's what we want to graduate from. And that's what I think this middle class money program does to people because it keeps everyone in the short term relationship with money. So their money's always cycling. It's never growing. Because you and- have to realize it's a program. So that's where you have to clock yourself versus and then some people hoard their money because they have money and then they're so fearful. You're also taught to be fearful. So then you don't even live life and enjoy life. What's the point? There are so many people that I feel. There's so many levels. There are so many levels. Yeah. There's, there's just so many people that have, that I just see right now that have no awareness that there is an energetic dance happening with money. Like, First, like you said, your past does not dictate your future with money or your family or your lineage or all of these things. Like I truly believe I'm such a, I am really into the quantum. Like I believe that we can become anybody that we want to be. So basically I'm just echoing back that I agree with you fully. I love it all. I want to keep you here for like five more hours, but I'm trying to give everybody that's listening to like some tangible, just like just little nuggets and like say somebody who's in the phase of like they're starting their own business or they're going out on their own and they're you know investing and they're doing the things but maybe like the money is just stagnant like it's just stagnant what is what do you think like should we go over our money stories like let's say that they're actively in there running their business and they're kind of like in that phase but it's like oh my god the business isn't making money yet is that what you mean yes kind of like that scary oh shit i'm jumping off of a cliff and what should I do to ensure money catches me on the other side? Is that what you mean? Or like, I guess they're, they are doing the jump off the cliff, right? They're going out on their own. They're starting the business or they're doing the thing that they want to do or they feel aligned with, but the money has not come yet. Look at your power. It's always going to come back to your power. Mm. What stories are you telling in your business? What stories are you telling about people buying? What are you saying on the internet? That's not what you really think, but it's what you think you need to make sales. So like one, there's always going to be like, I very much am like a business strategist as well. So yes, that's going to be very important. Your content, your messaging, all these different things. But in addition to that, who are you behind the scenes? Are you sitting there going like, oh my God, it's going to be so hard. It's going to take forever. Like the money's not coming. Well, why would someone pay me? Because there's someone else who does what I do, but she's been doing it for 10 more years. Like you, the stories you tell behind the scenes will tell you where your power is at, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about like, Getting in your, it's so, it's such simple advice and I know it can be so hard to do, but you have to get in your own lane. I will say that one of the reasons I was successful in my company so quickly was because I was not thinking about, I wasn't comparing myself to other people. People compare themselves 
it's like, don't compare yourself to me when I'm moving into year five, when you're in month three, right? Mm -hmm, Which you mm -hmm. actually just need to know is what I was doing in month three, right? And what I was doing in month three was very, like, I was not worried about what anybody else was doing. I really cared about sharing my truth and sharing my message with the world and showing up for my people and being visible and selling every day and refining my skill set for being a CEO. And yes, and being, yes, and being aware in the ways we spoke about, of like how you're interacting with your money. My mentorship investments became my biggest priority. I honored that. And it was like, I started moving with my money in a, in a way that made sense for where I wanted to go. But then also when it came to receiving money in the business, it was like, it just felt like, how could I not? Because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's the part where you lean into that knowing, like it doesn't work to start a business just to make money. It works to have something so big on your heart that you can't not. Mm. And to show up with the conviction that you have in that knowing and not succumb to the low frequency stories because your human brain is going to test you. The human brain has a very strong negativity bias. In a way, it's been normalized for us to compare ourselves. We're supposed to be learning from others, but instead we compare ourselves to others, right? But it will keep you from making shit tons of money. It really will. Like you have to stop. And if you want to look to others, it's more about, well, what areas has she strengthened that are contributing to her success so that I can go strengthen those areas for myself and that will contribute to mine instead of I'm not good enough, this, that, and the other, right? So remember, and it's remembering too within context, everybody who has something, who self-made, who created it, we all had to build ourselves into the women who would have this, all of us. This is, you know, literally all of us, just like we had to build our businesses to the size that they are and building yourself and building your business is an everyday game. But if you want the levels of ease, in addition to, of course, how you structure your business, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about being someone who doesn't tell stories behind the scenes and who stays convicted in where you're going. And it does, it's almost like you, you, the expectation is like it gets to happen just like that. But at the same time, you're not having a meltdown if it doesn't happen in 30 days. So it's like, I always say I'm going to carry the frequency of right now. Like, of course, people are going to buy it. Of course, people are paying me. Of course, of course, of course, because of the standards that I hold in my life and how I show up in my company and all the different things. But then also, if I'm not getting exactly where I want to go in two minutes, I don't drop my power because a woman, for example, you know, let's say who ha I, I've not had multiple million dollars in one year yet, right? So a woman who's having multiple million dollar years wouldn't be having a power drop because someone didn't buy the first day she put her offer out. Like that's a joke, right? So the ways that we're moving with receiving money in the business, are they a match to where you want to be in the business? So you say you want to have 10K months, but you stop selling after two days because nobody bought yet. But is that congruent with having 10K months? No, it is not. Mm. Right? So it's like you have to call yourself forward to the standard of the person who's receiving what you want to have. Would they be thinking, moving, being the way that you are right now? And the places where it's a yes, perfect. And the places where you're like, ooh, that's not it then we go strengthen those areas and it gets, it gets, and we stick with it even when it's hard and then we keep growing and you're going to receive more. Does that mm. make sense? Yes. That was a fantastic, couldn't have asked for a better answer. Do you have any, um, like, I guess kind of neural reprogramming? Like, do you like to do EFT tapping? Like, do you like to dance? Like, do you have something that just makes you like feel good? <laughs> yeah. And it's, I would say what I do is changed over the journey. So I have this my like foundational money program, it's called the Cash Queen, which is about like healing your relationship to money, learning commitment on purpose. And we do do, there's definitely like guided journeys and EFT. And I definitely believe in the subconscious reprogramming and as much as I believe in how we show up in our life. So I would say, at every, do I need to do it now? Not so much. But I did, these were things I was very focused on at that time, like I, it matters, right? And sometimes you're going to feel scarcity come up in your body, right? One, this is another thing that's so important. 
this is why it's also important to take care of your body so that you're not feeling scarcity in your brain just because your blood sugar is too high. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes. I don't know if this happens to you, but if I eat too much sugar or something, like I'll start feeling crazy. And you can easily turn that into stories in your mind about how your company is not making money and you just shouldn't <laughs> eat sugar. <Yeah. laughs> maybe you need to drink more water. You know what I mean? Like sometimes maybe it wasn't the best idea to have carbs before your protein. You know what I'm saying? So this is why, like, we don't need to be managing energies that don't need to be there. But there are going to be times, right, where you're making big decisions or something big does occur, and you do want to be able to neutralize that feeling in your body. So other things that I've really liked have been, like, breast massage, which is interesting because of the womb work, right? Like, they kind of go together. And, And we tend to feel all of this, like, stress like in our chest as well. And when I used to be more, I'm not really anxious anymore, but when I was, I loved like Abiyanga massage. Have you heard of that? Where it's like basically full body massage with oil. It was the only thing that would decrease my anxiety. Mm. That breast massage and then doing some type of like guided journey or hypnosis or whatever. And I did a lot of like EFT as well. But I do think that body work is is profound, especially in that earlier part. Whereas now I wouldn't say, I don't really have like scarcity feelings in my body around money. Do you know what I mean? It's like something that you get to, you're going to elevate. It's more like I'll have like a moment before I move a lot of money or whatever, but like everything's just like moves down like a moment, but I got here right by like quote unquote doing the work. But those are things I think that Supporting your physical body. I But you know what I love? I go to the, like the red light bed. I'm obsessed with infrared light. Mm. Your nervous system, these things matter. They really do. They, yes. They really matter. There's not be any high frequency money coming in on a dysregulated nervous system. I'm not saying you won't make money, but it won't feel very stable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. I think that's I, my kind of I guess ways to come into regulation with nervous system has always been movement, dance, like somatic yeah. work is something that I've And been I able- definitely like I don't I mean I dance for fun, but I wasn't really like a dancer dancer. Yeah. But I I mean I think the movement piece is important. I definitely like do Pilates or some type of cardio or I have to say like moving, like, you know, five days a week. Yes. Yeah. Your phys- I, I believe our physical bodies are the portal to everything. Mm. I love that. Well, because something that I've noticed is as I was like clearing my societal stories, family stories, lineage drama, past life drama, it's like you also start feeling lighter and lighter in your physical experience, which of course you're not going to feel light in your physical experience and heavy in your body. Those two things, that's just, that's not real. So much of how you even perceive the world is based on how you feel in your body. And so I believe that even like when we're talking about like cleaning up our, our, our energy leaks and where we're outsourcing our power and like, you know, like, have you ever been in a toxic relationship and you feel so heavy in your body or like a lot of women will lose weight when they leave, mm-hmm. right? A relationship that they shouldn't be in those kind of things. It's like your body stores all that energy. It's sort of like, um, you know, that book, The Body Keeps Score yes. where they talk about. I think it's like 13 generations of trauma live in the body. Like, of course, we all have work to do. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy, baby. <laughs> but it's like does not stay so calm. This is why quantum healing is a thing, right? You don't need to – You don't, it doesn't mean that you need to now pour over it for 13 years, right? Um, we are in an era where like fast healing is is so real. So – yeah, and I think that if you realize that as you clear all of this, your body gets lighter too. I don't mean – I'm not talking about weight, but I just mean like how you feel. Mm-hmm. It really shows up. I just posted a before and after photo on Instagram of me a few years ago back when I was like completely asleep at the wheel living unconsciously and versus me now. And people write me every day being like, I literally don't recognize you. Like I don't even know what changed, but your face looks so different. Like – and it's not even like I've had a crazy weight loss or gain or anything. It's just like I just look different, super different. Different. I used to like when I look at old pictures, I'm like I looked dead in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Same. It's so weird. Like just dead. <laughs> I'm like, how was I wa- – like what was I doing, you know? I don't know how I was spending But you my- see, but like you're not the only one. Like look at everyone who's improved their life. The physical glow up is a real thing. 
Absolutely. You release well, so much. So much. Um, well, I want to, I, we're almost at an hour and gosh, that was just, I'm, I have, my wheels are turning. I'm going to have to go journal after this conversation because it, it really did bring so many things to, to the light or just made so much sense. But if you have any, any final, you know, one thing you want people to know about money or any final advice that you want to leave us with, leave us with it. And then of course, let us know where everyone yes. can find you. Just decide to go on. Don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated to learn about the practicals of money. Don't be intimidated to invest in yourself and your growth. This is what's changed my life. Don't be intimidated to have conversations with people about money. This is how you're going to even learn more. Like even as I've made way more money, now I'm doing much bigger things with my money, like investing outside my company, et cetera, et cetera. Like the only ways that I've known to do that or to meet people where I could do that with, et cetera, et cetera, are through talking about money. It's really put yourself in rooms where money is a conversation. It's really important. Like the only way for these narratives and people's experience to shift is to like destigmatize talking about it. Beautiful. There's nothing taboo about talking about money. You know, mm -hmm. it's actually so important for your growth. So I'd really encourage everyone to put themselves in situations and not be afraid or embarrassed about where you are, right? You know where I started $100,000 in debt because things can change really quickly. Mm. Just just a fantastic note to leave us on. Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy we got to connect. And please let everyone know where they can find you, work with you, all the things. Yes. Come find me. I'm active on Instagram. It's jocelyn.kelly.read. My podcast is all feminine, business, money, all the things. Tons of episodes just about money. <laughs> we need more money and my talk. Podcast yeah, we like to money talks. I love that. Um, my podcast is Queen Flow the Podcast, and you can head to my website as well, which is jocelynkellyreed.com. And then always, of course, feel free to send me a DM. I would say my introductory course that everybody loves so much, um, which is all about on an energetic, practical, and spiritual level, healing your relationship to money, clearing debt stories, just all the things that we pick up, um, is called The Cash Queen. And so that's a great place to start as well. And then, of course, I have containers on business and all the different things. So good. Thank you so much for your wisdom. I know that you activated my audience. I feel activated. I'm going to go move my body and take care of my container. And just I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.